my sobriety date is March 1st of 2019. So I just got two years too, Laura, right, right on happy birthday and, and welcome Jay four days. Awesome. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, like when you go to see like a band you've always wanted to see, I mean, the Beatles are coming and well, we're really excited, but first we got to listen to this person. (laughs) Anyway, so I'll, um, I'll just uh, qualify. I, um, this is not my first um, time in, in recovery um, in NAA. It's not my second time. It's not my third. It's, we could do this for a while. Um, I, uh, I grew up um, doing the same sort of thing where um, I always felt different. I, we moved a lot. I think I moved. um, Can you guys hear me? Okay. Okay. Somebody wave at me when I have a minute, please. Um, We moved constantly. I think we moved close to 20 times before I left home. So I was always a new kid. I I found refuge in books and in schoolwork. So, so that didn't really help my case when I was kind of teacher's pet and good at school either. So, uh, you know, kids can be a little cruel sometimes. Um, so I never, I, I never really learned how to make friends, um, except for one little period in middle school when we moved five times, but it was in the same area as the school. So I, I was there for three years. Um, so, uh, and I didn't, but I didn't, so I didn't have friends to kind of do the peer thing where I would have been introduced to alcohol necessarily. And, and I had an excellent home life. Um, so, you know, I could, I, I didn't see alcoholism. My biological father turned out to be an alcoholic, but I never, I didn't meet him until much, much later. So I didn't see it. So when I finally went to, uh, to college, I, I had not had a drink except for one time on, on New Year's Eve when I was 12. And, and I got in a lot of trouble and I threw up and I felt it. Uh, but I never had another drink until college. And, uh, and so I started um, drinking, but it looked like college drinking. You know, it looked, I mean, it was a lot of binge drinking and, and all that. And it looked like most other people's drinking. Uh, what sort of sped up the process was my mother uh, passed away very suddenly um, uh, right after my first year of college. And she had been my entire world kind of, um, she'd been, uh, she'd been like the locust that our whole family spun around. And, and, and we all spun out after that. I, I started drinking like crazy although I know that I had already started that process, but it just kind of was an impetus. Um, unbeknownst to my dad and I, my brothers became, uh, got introduced to heroin, became heroin addicts. My dad became a workaholic. So it all, it sped us off in different directions. And I think for a long time, I thought um, that uh, if, if my mom hadn't died, I wouldn't be an alcoholic. And, um, or, you know, or if I just wasn't so different. Um, I think I thought that for a really, really long time. I went down very quickly. I, I drank from 18 to 26 and it was, and um, I quit school after a while. I couldn't handle it. I moved to Hawaii. I, um, I still didn't think I was an alcoholic. 
I, I thought an alcoholic was a person that drank under the bridge um, with a coat. I, I had no experience with it. And I was good at school. People that are good at school that have good families are not alcoholics. So, um, so I did the college thing, but I did drop out and I, and I felt like it was mainly because of my mom's death, but I was just losing it and drinking and, and uh, went to work for the police department <laughs> in San Francisco. Um, not as a, as a cop, but as a uh, police dispatcher. And, uh, and that kind of was my kind of gig, actually. I really thrived on it. A lot of people dropped out, but the chaos was perfect for me. I, I, I loved it. Um, and honestly, a, a drinking a lot was quite accepted. Um, although eventually the amount that I drank and the fact that I sometimes drank at work and that kind of stuff eventually did get me in trouble. And, um, and I got suspended and, uh, and I was told to go to meetings and to meet with the um, department that handled that. Um, and I walked into my first meeting and, um, I know I'm going kind of quick on this, but let me back up one time. I'm sorry. When I, when I started drinking, I finally could make friends. I forgot. Sorry. I'm jumping around. I finally felt like, oh my God, this is what I've been. I could take a breath. I could relate to people. People liked me. I, I wasn't an outsider anymore. It almost makes me cry a little bit now. It, you know, it was like for the longest time, I felt so different from you guys. And when I drank, I wasn't different from you guys anymore. And, and to, to have people like me was like, oh my goodness. And, and anyway, um, but it got me into a lot of um, sick relationships. Um, I, I met a cop at the police department that, um, that we took, I mean, we took each other down. He introduced me to Coke and there ended up being physical violence and just things that I'd never been introduced to. Um, I, I had all the shame things. I had all the, all the stuff. It, it, it was like, I finally had found the solution to the way I'd felt my whole life, but so quickly it turned on me really quickly. And, um, and I finally, uh, was both, uh, was sent by the police department to, um, AA, but also what had preempted, what had precipitated that that coming to work drunk was um, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization around this relationship and around drinking and around all of that. Um, so I ended up going and, uh, and the first meeting I walked in, I listened to this woman tell her story and I was like, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm home. And, and I didn't expect that. I, uh, I think I had always in my early life felt like I had some kind of spiritual path coming, but I, and I didn't think that when I went there, I just remember feeling like, oh, I, I think this is, this is the place where I'm supposed to be. So I got lucky that way. Now, what I didn't really do was, um, I, I started going to meetings. I went to lots of meetings. I uh, got an opportunity fairly early on to take time off from the police department and, and go on a, on a trip that was around a convention. So I started getting into like conferences and, and go to seminars, then I'd go to meetings. And 
I picked up a sponsor, but she didn't want to sponsor me because I was taking Prozac. This was the early 90s. So um, she did end up apologizing to me years later, saying, I'm sorry. That was what I was thinking at the time about medication. Um, but and somehow through meetings and uh, and just and being kind of on a pink cloud um, and just going, oh, oh, I think I've found an answer. I um, I I I coasted. I coasted for about five years and I started having depression. Um, I wasn't working the steps, go figure, but I started having depression and I ended up having a dental work. And this was way before all the oxys and all that. And they gave me some, some medication and I put it away like a normal person. And one day I said, you know, I bet a half of one of those pills would make me feel less depressed. And it did. And, and then two years later, I'm still not drinking but I'm taking about 50 Vicodin in a day. So I, I finally said, you know what? I'm not really sober. I'll just drink from before Christmas to after New Year's and I'll get right back in the program. Cause I'd done it. I, I felt like I could easily just get right back in. And, um, and I actually did. And then a few, a couple months later, I just, I relapsed again. And it started this many, many year thing of, uh, usually relapsing on, on pain pills. And then it would usually lead me back to, uh, alcohol. Um, and, and they would be short lived, but in between I, I, God, I'm a hard head. I, I would come back in and I would go, well, this time I'll start reaching out to women. And then like, I'd relapse again. And then this time, I'm going to, I'm going to get a sponsor. And, and I did get some sponsors and then I would end up moving. I was like carrying on this weird pattern that I, I knew all about geographics and I had no idea I was doing geographics. I had none. I was restless, irritable, and discontent. I kept, I kept going to meetings thinking fellowship and meetings was the answer. I'd read the steps on the wall. I would, I would joke about incorporating the steps into my life and, and I would never, and I never did. Um, finally, thank you. Finally, I ended up, I, I should have gone faster on this. Sorry. Um, this last relapse, I ended up um, in the hospital two or three times, twice with um, pancreatitis. I was in several accidents. I, um, I had along the way had liver failure. I, um, I was drinking more than I'd ever drunk. I was getting arrested again. And I finally ended up back in rehab. And I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do different, but I'm going to jump in with both feet. And I was lucky enough. Um, I jumped in with both feet. I started doing service, going to meetings. I got a sponsor. I started working the steps so she couldn't meet very often. The pandemic started. I had a year. And I started going to meetings constantly and book studies and step studies. And I heard Carla and, um, and I, she had a message of depth and weight. And by that time I'd heard a little bit more and we started, um, started over on the steps. And um, I can tell you that this last year has been the last two years, but especially the last year when they talk about an awakening and I know there's so much more to come. But when they talk about an awakening, it's so different. 
it is so different when you actually do the action steps. Cause I want to stay up here and just like do the fun, you know, the rep I'm doing the action steps. And then, um, anyway, I, it, it's been an entirely different experience. I'm finally having an experience instead of reading stuff off the wall. And, um, and thank you. I'm sorry if I didn't do a great job, but thank you for listening. <laughs>